Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today I'm excited to be talking with Hannah Porek about the thick and the lean. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, Dan. So happy to be here. Thank you. I'm happy to have you. This book is, uh, it was my first speculative fiction book, so I'll go on and put that out there. So it was, I loved it. It was something so very different for me. And it's a way to share ideas without it being sort of a self-help book. Is that the way you look at it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that speculative novels have real like social and political power because it's a kind of tricky, fun, sometimes cheeky way to think about and talk about our current reality. Um, And, uh, you know, I I like to describe it as like a distorted, like fun house mirror. Like, does this help help us see ourselves through the distortion. I I like that, you know, as, so I'll share a little of my story as it sort of oh, comes in with yours. Um, so I, I have spent my entire life with weight as an object. It's mm-hmm. either been smaller or larger and it's, um, I've used food as a way to cope in a lot of ways. And that's yeah. that's something that this book talks about in in different ways, you know, um, talk a little bit about weight and how that has affected you in your life. (laughs) And if it gets too weighty, you can always change the subject. (laughs) No pun intended. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, We're just going to get right in. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it's all kind of tangled with me with identity and um you know i came came up in the suburbs in the maryland suburbs in the 90s as a young person you know i had no queer people in my life i remember the first time when someone told me that melissa etheridge was a lesbian i like remember sitting in the car and just like hearing the song and thinking like, what is a les- lesbian? Like what I like imagined her clothes. I imagined her whole thing. I like con- constructed her in my mind. It, it it was like someone telling me that there were unicorns. Um, <laughs> it was so fanta- fantastical. I mean, little did I know I had a cousin who my family was close to who had just died in the plague. We were told that he died of cancer, you know, mm-hmm. but there were out people in my family. We just didn't know about them. Um, so all of that to say, it re- relates so much for me with the food and the body stuff because I just felt these very distinct societal pressures as a young person, especially I'm someone who 
got my period at 10, started wearing bras at 11, started shaving my legs because I was on the swim team and I'm Jewish. I'm like a hairy person. My like body was not really that of a child, but I was very much a child. Um, and I was just starting to feel very much kind of the praise and the pressure of like, you're going to be pretty. And what does that mean? And boys are going to like you. And I was a child of great like appetites too. I loved food. I loved being at my grandmother's table. Um, she lived with me when I was a kid. She moved into our, to our house when I was around six or seven. And she lived there until she passed away when I was about 12. Oh. Um, she was a wonderful cook. My mother was a one wonderful cook. You know, all of them grew up without a lot of money, but there was like a real, we make things from mm -hmm. scratch. Nothing is going to be what my other grandmother would call in Yiddish, pachki. Like it's not going to be com complicated. Okay. But it will be made from scratch. So I grew up in this wonderful, very rich food tradition on both sides. And yet, and there's this like particular Jewish thing of like, they want you to like it, but you're not supposed to gain. And I was, you know, I was 12 and like as tall as I am now, which is only 5'3", but I was a giant in um, middle school. And I had a body that I looked like I was 16 or 17. So the pressures that I felt to be small, to be thin, because I could feel that I was supposed to be an object of desire for men and boys and what that meant because I had no queer role models at all. Sure. Um, you know, and bisexual, and queer, like these weren't even really valid terms. So I would kind of, I would ping pong between like, I'm a lesbian. No, I'm not. Like I'm dating this person. My mother at some point was like, you are giving me whip, whip, whiplash. Like what <laughs> is your deal? I think it would have been hard, but if I had just, said blanket to them, I'm gay, you know, I I think that they would have eventually understood that more in the way that like, I think a lot of gay people get packaged into heteronormativity now, like, well, then you're going to get married and you can ad adopt a child or you can like have a baby through another process and you're gay, but you know, maybe you'll still wear a white dress and uh, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I felt very confused. And it's like this tangle of where diet culture and where purity culture meet is really where the book came through. But the very fun thing um, for the people at home who don't know, this book, 
I would call the culture maybe not sex positive because I do think that there's some things that happen that are not so positive. Um, but it's a very sex forward culture. Um, the like posit, the what if of this speculative novel is um, what if there was a culture where sexual pleasure was very public and very normal, um, but food pleasure was highly taboo and fraught. Um, food is something that you should do only for health with your family behind closed doors, but you're gonna feel kind of like bad or complicated. Um, so I do like that, you know, from a queer point of view, there's no one comes out in this book unless they come out as straight, which I find very great. <laughs> I... Actually, I only have sex with my own gender. Right. Like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's okay. And it is okay. And you know, that's one of the things that you've taken with this book and you've sort of turned it on its head. You know, right. we in this society, especially, and I can only speak because I grew up here in the US, but we are so in the past and now currently again in 2023, we seem to be so obsessed with what people are doing with their lives. Yeah. And that is something that you show in this book. You know, you, as you said, you sort of turn it on its head where sex was something that everyone could do. There was no restrictions and yet food was so, was so restricted. And I love, you know, even early in the book, you just see the butter in the pan and it, oh, is, yeah. it is so pleasing to the characters, you know, and Beatrice is so excited about it. And that's something that, you know, in life, we seem to want to, well, not all of us, but some people seem to want to legislate everything. Mm -hmm. They want to force their idea of how something should be. And sadly, our government does that a lot. And I mm -hmm. think that's one of the things that you, once again, sort of set on its head, that you showed just exactly how in this speculative fiction novel, it is almost identical to the way we live our life sadly now that everything is so restrictive and we're made to feel guilty for something yeah and i think with this book you see they're not really breaking any laws they're breaking societal taboo and it's really a book that explores social pressure um yeah, and how social pressure and a lot of con contacts can be a like vehicle for societal control. It is, and you know, it, it, and of course, we see the we see the poor, we see the very wealthy, just as yeah. we see in our current life. Uh, I, the flying spaceship, I love, <laughs> but I, it it has a purpose. So you know, mm -hmm. it's not the best purpose, but I mean, it it serves a great purpose. It's. It is the have and the have nots, uh, you know, right. just, I think it, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest what I think, you know, hey. here, here you grew up um, in not being able to make up your mind in that period. You know, right. we live, we live in a time where making up your mind, make a decision is so important, but yet as we're, as we're developing as children and young adults and hell, even into old age, we are changing. We're hopefully yeah. still growing. And that's something that you point out so eloquently that I really did enjoy that. 
Mm. Yeah, the great Octavia Butler, who now that you're reading sci-fi, you should read her too. She wrote God, God is change, which is something that I think about a lot. I do I do as well. You know, I'm yeah. I'm 60. I, I happily say that constantly because I am, you know, I've made it this far. No one ran over me with a bus, which is Good a job. miracle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is true. You know, it is all about change. And it's about yeah. I think learning to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine and I traveled recently and we were talking about the fact that some people never ever experience food as a pleasure. It's just yeah. substance. And whether it's food or sex or whatever, if we learn to enjoy life, that makes life much more beautiful. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you have to remember this time that I was very much brought up brought up in of margarine and skim milk and diet bread and diet snacks and everything is a substitute. Everything is like a cheapened, not joyous version of itself. And it's this very American pathos of like, you can eat more of something <laughs> terrible, like a little yes. bit bad. Yes. yes. I yes. call it joy light. You know? I like that. I just um, was lucky enough to go to Paris and it's just wild, like watching all the people eat butter and bread and no <laughs> one is pathologizing Yes, that, yes. Um, you know, and they also don't have the same struggles that we do no. uh, in terms of public health. They have other public health stuff. Everybody smokes, but mm -hmm. like, you know, in terms of the the internet now, and I think about this a lot with, I have two young step and children, and it's just filled with people on all sorts of wild diets, mm -hmm. carnivore diets, people that only eat meat, people that only eat fruit, just like the most restrictive, obsessive, um, stances. And this book, I really think, and it's like humble little way is really about pleasure as a revolutionary act. Like we should be allowed to enjoy the bounty of this planet yes. with ourselves, with our commu communities. Um, without feeling this like crippling shame yeah so right. totally i hope it agree. helps with that we'll see or, <laughs> well i think so you know that as we started the conversation i think that's one of the things that specific has a, a potential of doing that's very different you know and you get to share ideas that are yours and right. and at the same time have a social commentary with it right um, so you work on something, is it called the Octavia Project? Is that yeah. right? What is that? So, um, I helped start this summer institute called the Octavia Project, inspired by Octavia Butler. Um, 
the Octavia Project is a free summer program. We have two now. We have one that's for high schoolers, and then we have one that's for middle schoolers. But it's essentially a like writing, art, and technology program. Nice. That's all through the lens of sci-fi. So nice. It takes this concept of um we can think creatively and we can think expansively about our futures and about our current realities and maybe we can change them through our imaginations but it's like a very fun way for brooklyn i i started this when i when i lived in brooklyn okay. brooklyn um teenage girls, trans, and non-binary youth to learn all kinds of subjects that are sometimes labeled as like intimidating. So a, a teen in our summer program might start writing a sci-fi sto story and then a like real life Brooklyn city planner will come and give a give a talk and nice. they'll show them how to create like a city charter or how to like think about architectural de design how to do some 3d models and then we might have a coder come and they'll teach them how to turn their story into like a branching narrative video game using HTML. But it's not like come to our camp and we'll teach you 3D render render ring so you can become architects or come to our camp so we'll teach you how to become a computer programmer. It's much more like come because it'll be fun and while you're having fun you're gonna learn so many things that you might have maybe been scared to try i love so it it's very like exploratory we talk a lot about like building con confidence and we just want to give the teens a really great summer too I love that. So two things. Does yes. that have a website and do you have social mm -hmm. media and a website you'd like to yes. share for you as well? I do. So you can find out more about our totally free summer programs nice. at octaviaproject.org. And you can find more about me at hannaporter.com. Um, I write plays too. And I wrote another novel that was a Lambda Literary Award finalist. It's called The Seep. Lovely. Um, uh, and you can find me on Instagram just under my name, Hannah Porter. I love that. That program yeah. sounds so wonderful. Congratulations on that. And hopefully congratulations on continued success. Thank you. Again, the book is called The Thick and the Lean. It was so wonderful chatting with you. Oh, so nice talking to you, Dan. And thank you for all that you do to lift up writers in the LGBTQ community. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Hang on for me just a minute. Okay.
Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out with Dan.